Hi everyone, I'm Molly Carr, and this is The Wedding Destination, a podcast for couples and creatives where we discuss all things destination weddings. As a destination wedding photographer, I have traveled the world and had the opportunity to work in some of the most beautiful places imaginable with some of the best and most inspiring wedding industry creatives out there. Whether you are a bride or groom planning your destination wedding, or a wedding industry creative hoping to grow your business, welcome and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. As you listen to today's episode, we would love to see where you are and what you're up to. Snap a photo and be sure to tag us at Wedding Destination Podcast. Welcome friends. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're tuning into a conversation that I absolutely know you will love. The luxury interior and wedding design powerhouse team of Linden Lane joins me today and I cannot wait for you to get to know Barbie and her fantastic team that she works with. Linden Lane is a multi-generational interior design and wedding house located in Southern California, sought after for creating transformative events and designing enriching interior spaces. Recognized as one of the best wedding planners by Over the Moon, the mother-daughter trio approaches each project with expertise, agility, and a sense of humor. Their passion is fueled by creating environments from the ground up while daring to push conventional boundaries. Substance and style are at the forefront of every decision, rooting their work in an uncompromising aesthetic. Barbie, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to The Wedding Destination. Wow. Well, thank you so much. That was such a lovely intro. I was like, huh, that sounded so nice. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, you are absolutely amazing. I am so thrilled to have you here. You and your team, your designs, your style, your vision are truly at the forefront of the industry. And the way that you have found the intersection between weddings and interiors is absolutely brilliant. And I know our listeners are just going to love getting to know you. But before we start talking all things weddings, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in the industry? Um, so I am self-taught on most everything I've ever done. I, this is my third business. I owned a real estate company and then I owned a marketing company for real estate. And then, um, but I always loved all things, all things design. I think it came from being a air force brat and moving around all my life. I immediately would want to create a space wherever I was, an environment that felt like home and felt like me. And so that was always part of my ethos and then um, and helped people. And then when Lane, we were those people when Lane got married um, many moons ago now, she we had a wedding planner because we're smart and we knew we needed one. And but we we did most of the design and really fell in love with the process and also found that in our marketplace in particular, we felt that there was a gap between what, how we wanted to um, have a wedding and how we wanted it to look and feel and the experience as opposed to what we were seeing. Everything felt a little wash, rinse and repeat. Um, So being naive and, but having a good business acumen, I was like, let's start Linden Lane. So here we are. 14 years later. (laughs) 14 years. Amazing. So, I mean, you really have been a serial entrepreneur, it sounds like. You have just owned your businesses. You have really consistently just followed your path and created your life. I had one employee, well, maybe a couple employer jobs, you know, like in high school and college. And I realized I was a much better entrepreneur than I was a committee or team player. I'm always like, let's make this happen. Why are we waiting? And so I realized that I would never be a good employee. <laughs> That's amazing. You had that realization so early. Oh, I and did, I also I think it's so interesting that you said that you moved a lot growing up. I know when we were talking offline that you said you lived in France for five years, which is amazing. But that for you, that's kind of where you started to get that itch of really loving and appreciating design because you were constantly in these new environments. I'm sure partly you were 
experiencing and influenced by spaces around you. And you said that you had the Chateau de Fontainebleau in your backyard, which is, I mean, what an incredible place to be immersed in. But then at the same, you really wanted to make a place still feel like home and feel like your own. Right. I mean, and I give a lot of credit to my mom. You know, she was an Air Force wife and she was a very strong woman, but she would, you know, we'd get to these very blank type state spaces and she would make it a home for us in a very short period of time and and being and traveling you know I am a big believer in travel for multiple reasons and I think it really informed I I definitely have a love of all things uh French because of that background but then we lived in um the south we lived in Virginia and totally different sensibilities but really beautiful designs and, and, and styles and, and things. So I think all of those things really just informed the fact that I always wanted to do spaces, <laughs> you know, where the no Lane, Lindsay, and I always laugh where the annoying people that are like driving by something like, hmm, they almost got that paint color right on that door. But if they would have added a little more black to that blue, it would be perfect. <laughs> oh, I love that. You never turn it off. No, oh no, Lane and I went out for a drink the other night, and then we literally sat in the restaurant in the first five minutes. We're like, if they leveled that floor and they brought that down and they changed that and they put the tables closer, and I was like, oh my god, we're such weird people. Why can't we leave this place alone? Oh, and I love that that you can do that with your family oh, too. That yeah, you, yeah, no, I mean, no. you live and breathe the brand day and night we with do. your daughters. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, Lane and Lindsay are equal partners, and. uh or drive the rest of the family crazy. <laughs> so then you launched Linden Lane officially. You said it was 14 years ago, correct? 14, I think it was 14, yeah. 14 years ago. So can you tell me a little bit more about your path of what launching that was like and yes. to where it's taken you today? Yes, I would say the first five to six years, it was pretty, even though it was born to be all three of us, uh, Lindsay was living in Ohio. Lane was um, working for my other company, my marketing company, running customer service for them. And so for the first five or six years, it was really primarily me being the driving force and um, getting out there. And I knew that I didn't have any trained experience in the event world. And so I literally volunteered. My friend was a florist who had done my wedding and done Lane's wedding. I was like, you need me to schlep flowers. You need me to do this. I will do it. And and I did a lot of that. I used to always say, are you sure this is how Mindy Weiss got started? As I was crawling under tables to get things and such. But so we did that and, and, and the girls would help, but they weren't primary. Lindsay more so than Lane was involved in the weddings. They like to tell the story that the first wedding Lane did with me, which was for $150, we did it for a friend and we brought all of our own stuff, like everything we owned from Lane's wedding. We brought, we did everything at that wedding, literally everything and had to pick everything back up. We're driving home. Lane's calling me because things are blowing out of the back of the U-Haul. It was just, it was, the wedding went up perfectly but it was a you know what show behind the scenes like pulling it all together (laughs) and uh I didn't know at the time but Lane called Lindsay and goes mom's insane we're never doing this (laughs) this job is horrible (laughs) so yeah so we started like that and then about halfway into it some major changes happened in my life and and with the other company I was selling it And I had been given the advice by a financial advisor that I should take my money and uh, put it in a safe investment and basically start to wind down my, like, you know, live safely and conservatively. And I was like, no, yeah, not interested. That's not in my DNA. Um, And I looked at those girls and I was like, there's nobody I'd rather invest in than you two. I believe in us fully. And do you want to come on full time? And they did. And they made all the difference really pushed oh it my to the next gosh, level. That's incredible. So that was, you said halfway. So was that about seven years ago? About seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. And so you it took us a little just... while for that transition to happen, but mm-hmm. you know, um, and I know lots of people, you know, start this business as a side hustle and it was 
kind of my side hustle, but not really. I was pretty focused on it and growing it and knowing, and I have a business background. But once we decided that this was our business and we wanted to make it a business and a company with legs and started treating it so, it it earned its respect, <laughs> as you as I would say, and gave it back to us. So it really made a big difference. Wow. And I think that's really amazing too, that when you were starting, you put yourself out there. No job was too small for you. You, like you said, you were climbing under tables, you were carrying florals. And I mean, at that point you had already owned several successful businesses. So you weren't a intern fresh out of college. You were a very successful businesswoman, (laughs) but that you had the humility to completely start from scratch. And even though you clearly, you love being in a leadership capacity, and it seems like that's where you thrive, that you were still humble enough to recognize that you had to learn the old fashioned way and that you put in the work. And I think that is so inspiring to a lot of people out there. And I think we can often see someone like you and your team, Barbie, and feel like, you know, that's something that we might never be able to get to, or that you just, you know, have this incredible style and vision and you just somehow snapped your fingers and got there. And hearing that you really put in that blood, sweat, and tears, I think, is so inspiring and will really uplift a lot of people. Oh, I hope so. And and we did put in blood, sweat, and tears, and we bumped our knees and scraped our knuckles and did all the things along the way. But, you know, I'm a big believer in there's always something to be learned, and you can learn, you know, you should be learning up until the day you pass. And so I, I believe in that. And, you know. You're never, you're never too smart. You're ne- you never know enough. And I didn't know. I, and, you know, we're still learning. There's always things to um, find out and learn. So, yeah, nobody's too big for their britches. <laughs> Absolutely. So then from those 14 years, it sounds like seven years ago, that was really a turning point in mm-hmm. Linden Lane when you brought on Lindsay and you brought on Lane. So can you tell us about the type of events that you produce and design now? way different than the ones we were producing way back then. Now we're primarily in the ultra luxury market place. And I think that I wish we could come up with a better term than ultra luxury. Like I'm always trying to figure out one and I have it. And all of us in this industry, in this arena are trying to think of one that doesn't sound so, I don't know, sounds offensive to me in some ways, but anyways, that's what market we're in. And that's a whole different place where people are not only looking for what it's going to look like, which a lot of they clearly are, but also what are the experiences going to be like? What's the guest experience going to be like? What's the concierge level? There's so many, it's almost like at this type of a level and probably luxury as well, you have multiple businesses within your wedding business. You have travel, you have um, logistics teams, you have, you know, catering and, you know, and then of course, all things design and entertainment, those buckets get really big. And clients are spending a lot of money and they expect access to you and, and how you manage that and everything. So yeah, so the events are much different. But now almost all of our events are ground up builds. Even if it is at a hotel, we're still building something. I somehow we managed to create a structure on some some part of their grounds. It just seems like we always do it, um, and usually a lot of custom elements in it. You know, custom linens, custom bars, because it's part of our design ethos that we don't want it to feel like we rented everything and brought it in. Though we do rent and we have great partners, but we do want to infuse it with enough custom and heritage pieces and things like that, that it has a little more um, texture and depth to it and really reflects how those people want to entertain and what their point of view is when they enter um, that space. Mm, That's so interesting. And, you know, when you're speaking of that, one event that you designed in particular really comes to mind. I I believe it was maybe two years ago and you planned an event. I don't know if it was a birthday party, but it was on a private 
property, but to the viewer, it appeared to be a luxury hotel in Tuscany. And <laughs> to me, just the way that you create spaces that have such a feeling of permanence and having almost Thank been you. lived in is so unique and extraordinary and very special to Linden Lane. Yeah, thank you so much. And and you used a word that's near and dear to our heart. We're always trying to, when we're creating an event, it's really, you know, maybe seven hours that the people are going to experience that space. And it's such a mercurial event and people are moving. But how can you make that have permanence in not only what it looks like, but how it permeates their, their memory banks, like so that it's, that it fits in there forever and feels authentic to the space we always want it to be that so yeah that's probably our most asked about event and the crazy thing we did that in three months <laughs> i had dark brown hair when we started that no uh lindsay was really a spearhead lane and lindsay were really spearhead and design but it was that was amazing an amazing event and great clients who the most important thing in a client is to hand over trust to you 100%. And they did. And it was coming out of the pandemic. And they had talked about wanting for that birthday party to take all their guests to Italy. But obviously, people weren't traveling. And they were so fortunate to have this beautiful property. And when we came out there, we're like, we can do it here. We can make this happen. And uh, yeah, and it worked out. It was really fun. It was just it really was lightning in a bottle. It was Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of hard work, but it it paid off. They were so happy. <laughs> um, so for the people that maybe aren't looking at it right now, can you kind yeah. of walk us through what that event was like? Sure. Because really, I mean, I the second I saw that, and I think you shared those images maybe two years ago, it really did stick with me. And Thank I think you, you just did something so powerful, and I would love to hear a little bit more about that experience. Okay, so they um, the property they had was in um, Malibu on a private estate, and it had a very big, had been a horse property at one point, and so there was an expanse of lawns and corral systems. Um, and then a giant pool, beautiful pool deck and area that were given to us to be our, our, our background. And so we really wanted to walk through the experience of being in Italy and it not to be themey, but to be feeling. So we created Sicily in the pool area. So we took out all their furniture which was sad because it was gorgeous, but we put it all in the barns. And then we just redecorated with all the beautiful reds and yellows and Sarah killed it on the florals and we had lemons. And and then every we made sure that down to the napkins, the bartenders, what they were wearing, every single person was, we had wardrobe or we had a, we had a huge tent in the back of house just for wardrobe. So everyone had different outfits. We had entertainment that opened up the, you know, dancers and singers that were infused throughout the crowd, which was also very evocative evocative of Italy. Um, So that was really meant to be like Capri, Sicily, that vibe, very pool driven. I don't think we had dancers in the pool. No, we did not. Um, And really fun. And then as it started to transition into evening, we were taking them down to a, a level space, to be honest with you, which was down further in the property where the crowds had been. We removed all the crowds. So we wanted to transport them into where they would be eating. And we wanted that to be a different experience. So we built this beautiful arbor that walked out and people thought it was always there. So it was this beautiful arbor. And then in the fun part was in between each of the spaces we had actors that were full body gold paint and looked like statues, but then were playing instruments as the people walked through. And it was, we lucked out. Like we didn't pull, plan the full moon, but there was a full moon and it was a oh warm, gosh. breezy night. And I, I should say, yes, we did plan all of that and we orchestrated the weather, um, but it felt like that. It was just like walking through there. I still can feel it. It gives me goosebumps on how it felt walking through and people were in awe. And then you entered into the piazza, which we had built, which was to be evocative of a, a town center in a little Italy town, Italian town. And it had truly, it had a wood burning fire pizza, uh, 
pizza oven restaurant in it serving fresh pizza. We had a gelato, we had a fishery, we had all the things down to the tiles. The signage was all, nobody else would know, but our clients knew like all the street names and stuff were from her family history or birth date. The the numbers on the street were her birth date. So we had all fun little things like that. We had a working fountain put in the middle, again, dancers and, and such. And it was really, really fun. And then the other side of the tent that the guests could not get into was designed to look like um, an old, the, I think it was the girls did it after the Four Seasons in Rome. I might be wrong about that, but a beautiful old hotel was their inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that was designed. So we opened the doors again to music and had a full band. And it looked like the most beautiful hotel lobby bar with a full band and chandeliers. And then they danced the night away in there. And literally we had guests coming up to us all night long that were friends of the family and been to the home many times and who kept saying, how did I never notice this building here? And we're like, because it wasn't here a month, a week ago. And they're like, what do you mean? And um, on that pro- on that project, we worked with, because it was such a short time period, we actually worked with set direct set builders from the um, movie industry. And we were lucky that once it was all torn down, they took a lot of the sets that they could save the walls from and donated them to local colleges that had arts programs for their for their plays and stuff. So it didn't feel so tragic to rip it all down. But yeah, two days later, it was all gone. <laughs> it was always so sad. <laughs> wow. I mean, what an experience. And especially in that time when we weren't able to travel to Europe. And yeah. I'm sure not only the client, but all of their guests, just like all of us, were itching to have that international travel, to be able to experience other cultures again, to do the things they love, and to be able to gift them with that experience. And I mean, even though obviously creating an event like that is something that comes at, as you describe, a very ultra luxury price tag. On the flip side, it still sounds like it was effervescent. It was almost a little bit very playful and that you really wanted it to be fun and spirited and lively and nothing about it stuffy or formal. And just what an incredible experience to create that for this amazing client and their closest friends and family. It really was. And I think that it's important too, when you're talking about ultra luxury, it's not always about the price. It's about what they're willing to invest to get the experience. So I don't think it's necessarily, yes, those experiences come with a dollar um, tag um, price tag associated with them. But to the client, it's more about what's it going to be like? What am I giving? Like our favorite clients are the ones that ask us, well, what will my guests be doing? How will they experience this? What? So it's the luxury comes in the experience as much as it does in the dollar amount. Yes. I'm not going to be one of those people like, oh, those are $100,000 weddings. They're not. They're expensive. And I we need to figure out a way to get that word out there for poor people that keep hearing that weddings cost $30,000. I'm like, but stop showing these million and a half dollar weddings then on your website. <laughs> Anyways, I won't get on that soapbox. <laughs> but so they are expensive, but the luxury comes in what the client wants the event to be, how they want that to be experienced. And to me, that is the truly, I think what makes an incredible event, a credible wedding, when the goal is not as much how is it going to look. Of course, it's going to be beautiful. That's a given, but it's how is it going to feel? And that when the clients are approaching it from a thinking about their guests' perspective versus, again, how is this going to make us look, it just is such a game changer, I think, in giving everybody involved that trust and permission to really do something extraordinary for them. I, we couldn't agree more. Hundred percent agree, and you know, and and thinking of every touch point as is important, like all the all those parts add up to the whole. And 
we always say, you know, when you touch, when you pick up the napkin and it has weight to it and it's a beautiful linen or it's this as opposed to something that's not of that, like those little touch points start to convey the giving and such. And, you know, you know, really well thought out directions and sweets, you know, invitation suites that aren't only beautiful, but actually tell the guests what they need to know. And, you know, just all the touch points that make you feel special, like it's a special occasion. And it is, it's an elevated moment in your life and it should feel as such. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, with that, I mean, the event that you designed to me transitions so wonderfully into the fact that you also offer interior design. So to me, that's something that makes Linden Lane very unique is that you do global event planning and design, but you also design people's homes and spaces. So yes, can you tell do. us a little bit about that? Yeah. So again, it comes from my background and and, and interior spaces and um, I'd always done that. We'd always cared about that in our own lives and helped friends with it, but had not looked at it. i sort of thought about it as another career, but hadn't gone into it deeply. And our, our weddings were pretty well starting to be established at the level they are now. And we had a client that we'd done a couple things for her aunt, just small, just because she was a friend. And then she was getting married. And she didn't hire us. And she said, I'm not hiring you because I want you to do my house one day. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. That was a nice way to let us down because we really wanted her wedding. And so, but sure enough, beginning of the pandemic, she called and said, we bought a house. Will you come look at it? And we did, again, handed over complete trust, you know, after we gave visions and everything. And it was really a a blessing that it was COVID. And I hate to say that because there was so much tragedy and heartache on the site, but it became like a slow process. And I was able to just go and stay at the property because they didn't live there. And we did this amazing house and it just, that business took off really fast. Like once we had that house and we published it, we got like five right after that. And, um, yeah, that just blew up quickly. And and we were just so fortunate. That same house, which was three years ago now, um, we just shot it for a magazine. They just shot it for a magazine. Now I was like, wow, the gift that keeps on giving this little house. <laughs> um, so it, and it's a really natural thing because our um, weddings are very residential. Like we aren't known for glam, that style of wedding. Those are beautiful, but that's not our, usually our client. It's very, very much like we say, how do you like to entertain in your home? We want that to be the vibe that we're giving off at your event. If you were so fortunate to have a estate in Tuscany, how would you entertain there? Um, and so there is a very natural transition and we look to interior design for our inspiration for weddings, because I think that is where the trends come for come from for weddings is more from the interior side, not vice versa. And so it was a nat it's a natural transition. They're very similar and they're very different. I mean, I would say weddings have an end date. Interiors never have an end date. <laughs> you know, so they just houses just keep on going and going. Weddings, you know you have to get it done on July 4th or July 7th or whatever that date is. It's happening. And all the live performance part and all of that. But a house takes longer and um you know at a wedding if something looks a little icky you can put a flower pot in front of it can't do that if you're doing someone's house <laughs> you have to make sure the tile's straight it can't be you know whatever so there there's different pressures but they are very similar and they fuel each other i can't tell you the times that one of us has wallpaper out for an event and matter of fact just the other day lane's like where is my wallpaper sample for blah 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 it's like took it to a client's house for interiors because I wanted them to see it. She's like, I need that sample back. So we're always sharing. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think the fact that you bring that very residential, again, kind of like the lived in feel and approach mm -hmm. to your events is part of what the magic is and part of what makes them so special. So, I mean, I think a lot of people would love to learn a little bit more about just what it means to create and 
be a event planner and designer that really brings that very residential and interior point of view. So can you walk us through a little bit more about how you bring that specifically to weddings? Sure, I can I can certainly do my best. I feel like we want as we mentioned briefly before the space when we're just talking about space and how it's going to flow to feel as if it was always there and that it was permanent and that it was residential because you know again it need residence means home and heart and all of those things to us and if you walked into a ballroom that was still exactly as it existed for the corporate meeting an hour before, it feels like someone else's soul's there. It's not our client. So we want to make sure that those spaces really evoke that. And in doing that, I don't think our philosophy is you can't do that with just some table linens and things. It has to be a longer story. Um, And that story really, people always ask about our design process. And it's long. It it's literally our design process is going till usually we leave for the trip because we're constantly finding out things that inform the next decision from the client. Yes, we have our big picture done, but we're painting the fine details. So what you see when you get up close, right up until the end, because we might have learned a new story. Like literally, we did a wedding in Pasadena at a family home, lovely clients. And during a meeting, the the bride mentioned that she loved this tea set because it was the greenware, I think is the name of this china, that her grandma used served her tea on all, all the years. And Lane filed that information and then started doing a search on Etsy and eBay and first dibs and everything. And wherever we could find like a beautiful plate of that, whatever, we bought it all, didn't tell the bride and groom and had it, you know, it was on the bars. It was just sprinkled throughout like you would in your home. And then we gifted it to the bride afterwards. And that was like such a touch that made it feel residential and at their home. So we're constantly looking for those layers and trying where we can, we use things that are pre-done and, and um, easily accessible to try to keep, you know, investment levels together. But where we feel like the touch points need to be, we we go the extra mile for them. We we really really have OCD. We we don't think we truly don't think any detail is too small to be handled. And then also just even in the space, like how you're going to move through that space needs to feel more like a home than it does a ballroom a hotel scenario and. We always are thinking about that and how we transition people from space to space as more as you would if you were at a fine, fine hotel or if you were, you know, we try not to have any of the dongs going off or anything like that. Um, and just to mix everything up. I mean, it's just, I guess I don't know there's a formula to it, but there's a sensibility to it. And it evolves, like I said, as we get to know the clients, you know, your clients are always telling you funny little stories and you're just like, Oh, that was interesting. What what could we do with that? And pulling that, we never wanted to look like, and I love restoration hardware, but we never wanted to look like a restoration hardware showroom, you know, where everything is like one couch, two chairs, big coffee table, two, like there's a formula and they do it really well, but you need to throw in some of your antiques and stuff you got from when you were traveling and all those things to make it feel like a home and not a showroom. We, we feel the same way about our weddings. We don't want it to feel like somebody else's wedding. And I know that, you know, that's important to a lot of people, but the way we do it is through the residential details. Yeah. The way we translate so that. You have a lot of custom elements that you bring into your wedding. A lot. And so it sounds like you really almost lean in some capacities away from the wedding and move into the interior design. So for example, like with linens, are you looking at swatches from Schumacher and more, you know, fabrics that people would actually be using in their homes for drapery or for pillows or, you know, same, we were talking about wallpaper versus looking at traditional linen rental companies. Right. I mean, we do like, we love our, um, Daoni and love it. And we, and they have beautiful linen. So we, we try to go that route first. And also 
realistically, the scope of the wedding, if I have 80 tables, I'm not doing custom linens on that's cost prohibitive. So maybe we'll have a custom linen on something that's just real special. And then often the client can take that too. That can be an heirloom piece for them or something else. But yes, we are. And if we can, we'll be looking at the very high end, very quality pieces that we would put in a home and then finding what's a reasonable facsimile of that piece for our weddings. You know, we're not doing Schumacher drape for the whole tent typically. Again, cost prohibitive. But what is that vibe? What is that look? And we do want anything that the client's going to touch or feel to be of a certain level. Mm, um, and, and so those things are, are important. So yeah. the, like the napkins and things, I obviously I have a, <laughs> a thing with napkins. I hate the way some feel. You know, we want those those to be of the highest level possible. So we yeah. next. Hi-Lo. <laughs> Hi-Lo. I love that. And, you know, I think that it sounds like for you, almost every event that you produce is truly from the ground up. And because of that, you're able to really create these one-of-a-kind events and one-of-a-kind experiences. So it sounds like you are very inquisitive throughout the whole process of getting to know your clients. And like, I love that story about how you found out that the bride had this really special attachment to her grandmother's china. And I mean, that's incredible. So how do you get to know your clients and create an experience that's unique to them? I mean, I have to imagine you don't have a set process because every client and couple is so different, but just, you know, how do you typically work with your couples from when they first book with you to really getting to dig in and understand who they are and what they want? So from, from the get, first start our getting to know your onboarding call and more asking for inspiration or th- we don't necessarily ask for inspiration but we ask for things that they love and we specifically I mean and some still do but we specifically ask them not to give us wedding imagery because I feel like it puts us in a, a rabbit hole that we don't want to get into so we ask for you know favorite restaurants favorite travel favorite shoes we ask for all sorts of things things they just love to do all of that. And then we have a getting to know you call and everyone chats and we get a little idea of their vision and what they're thinking. And then we do a mood board to sort of, you know, is this the vision? Is this what look we're going for or vibe overall? And it's very nonspecific. There's no actual items they could purchase on it. And then from that, it just starts. We're kind of free form in certain ways. And like, shooting an image to someone go, what does this evoke for you? What do you like about this? And then they'll be like, oh, that's horrid. I hate it. You know, the color of my bedroom, I hate it. Or what? Someone's like, okay, Intel, put it away, move on. And I'm, we're as happy. I'm, I'm careful as this. At the end, we would not be happy. But in the very beginning, we're as happy to hear what you don't like about something as what you do like. Because when a client is just whatever, that is very hard to know that you're not designing a wedding that I want, that I want, like I want it to be theirs and the girls want it to be theirs. So we like to hear what they don't like as much as what they do like. And we're pretty open with our, we probably, I've talked to my friends always like, you guys need to not be so uh, chatty with them, but we talk to our clients a lot. We talk because we're so heavily in the design. The planning part is much more formulaic, time-wise and such. You know, do you have your guest list? Do you have this? Do you have that? That has a timeline. But the design process is so organic and it um, is evocative or provocative by where, the, where the, you know, they may go on a trip and come back and be like, oh, um, I love all these things, you know, from Italy. What are we going to do? And you're like, you're having a wedding in Nantucket. That doesn't work there. I don't know if we can. So you're always you're always finding out, but it's just a lot a lot of talking. We we stock the crap out of them on Instagram and their social media, just because you start to see you'll start to see a color pattern. You'll start you start to find out things about them, and you also learn their little quirks. Um, so we we do a lot of that, and we're naturally question askers. So I think that helps. You know, so we try try to get in their heads as much as we can and filter it through. 
filtering it through the Linden Lane process and the Linden Lane Eye because we can't lose sight of the fact that they hired us because of the work we do. And sometimes we have to remind them like, well, you hired us because you like what we end up with. Um, we don't have a wedding style that people like, oh, that's Linden Lane's look, but people always know our style. Like they're like, oh, that wedding was so different. But I knew the second I looked at it, it was yours. That So we have to remind them sometimes gently or sometimes not as gently, like we are the experts in this and you hired us to do a job and to get you to that finish line and to give you the best version of what you wanted for your day. And and that's our job and to make them happy. I mean, nothing, every wedding person out there and probably as a photographer, you know, nothing's better than when they see it for the first time and they're just like, I can't say the words that they say, but you know, just <laughs> blown away by it. That is just that's the, you know, that's the juice that we live for. <laughs> Absolutely. Really and I think it it's what an incredible experience too for your clients when I mean they're really planning the first event that is going to be in a way setting the tone for who they are as a couple, who they are as a family. You've been on my calls. <laughs> <laughs> what type of hosting think, that, yeah. <laughs> that they are going to be and how they're how they want to entertain. And I have to imagine that you guiding them through that process and even like you said, them going to Italy and being able to look at those experiences through that critical lens when they're not just thinking, wow, you know, we love this bar at the Belmont Hotel Splendido, but really right. what is it about this that makes it special and that we want to incorporate not only in our event, but in our lives. And right. I think that must just be such a really fun process for them versus looking at Brides Magazine, looking at Pinterest, finding some photos that look like, oh, this is pretty, we like it, but really right. digging in for them to who do you want to be as a couple yes. together? No, it, 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 that's exactly what we say. Like, how are you presenting yourselves that this is how you want to be in your lives and, and this is how you want to show up, your point of view? What's that word's overused right now? But it is true. Like, how are you showing up at this event? How are how is this event showing you? Um, and so we're always looking at that. And and so many times you find a picture and you start talking, and it isn't anything specific. It's how they feel when they look at that. Like it reminds them of something. It you know the whatever. A lot of times it's a funny little element that is what they love, and finding that out helps you start weaving the story that's going to be their their wedding weekend. And that's really what you're doing. You're yeah. telling their story through visuals and music and the experience. You're telling their story of who they were, who they are, and who they want to be, um, and who they're going to be, I should say. Um, and you're winding that story through your design and your um, and your space. Mm, I love that. And I mean, I think that a lot of people probably when they get engaged have no idea that that is going to be a part of the wedding planning process and it has yeah. to be such a added value that you give your clients that of course their event is going to be extraordinary and feel like them, but you're almost guiding them through really thinking out, how do you want to live? And I think right. that, you know, is really powerful. It, it, I, I hope so. And I mean, and we don't mean to dictate to them their their future lives but i think it's important and it's part of our interview process um is finding out you know when a client is talking to me about only all things gorgeous a yes my designer part loves to hear that and we all love it but if there's and i say something that would be guest facing and there's pushback or that's not important it starts to be red flags to us that they may not be our client because we know they're not going to invest in guest experience and guest comfort. And that's really important. I want the last guest leaving that event to, you know, stop and say to one of our girls or to us that I felt like I was a VIP at that event. I feel like, and, you know, we spend a lot of time, and training on our team that they are constantly, you know, scanning the crowd from afar and looking and that woman looks cold, bringing her a pashmina, not waiting for her to come and ask us. Someone's going to the restroom. It's a little further guiding them to the restroom, not just point like those things 
make a difference not only to the guests, but to our bride and groom. Because I always say, you're always only as happy as your most disgruntled guests, because somehow they'll think it's appropriate to tell you that they had to wait in the line for the bathroom, even though it's not. Don't do that to your bride, but they will. Never. (laughs) Yes. So we try to, it's really a service to our clients by giving exemplary service to their guests. So it's it's a red flag to us if they don't care about those things. I always think that's going to be a little bit sticky. But yeah, no, we're we're just trying to um show them what it's like and 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 help them through the process. And some of our clients have very strong sense of themselves and they're just happy to say this is who we are, this is what we want and you do the lended line thing. And we're like you got it. <laughs> That's Trust incredible. We are taking up. <laughs> yes. And I think one thing that's really interesting too about your business model, the fact that you design events, but also interiors gives you the opportunity to really remain an integral part of your clients' lives for decades. I mean, it just completely changes the client life cycle. And do you find that, I mean, I know you launched your interior side really full on in, you said it was 2020, is that correct? 2020, yes. 2020, so it's been three years. But do you find that your couples are now starting to continue to work with you from a design and or event perspective after the wedding, helping you just, you know, having you help them design their first home or, you know, having baby showers, that sort of thing? Definitely. We we love, we just did a baby shower and then a, a second wedding for a family that we did. And, but we've done, I think we've done two mom's houses from weddings. So it's funny, like the family will be like, oh, you do weddings. I mean, you do interiors. Will you do, will you come look at my house? Will you help me with this one thing? We have a bride and groom now that are building a new house. And they're just like, are you too busy with our wedding to do it? And we're like, no, they're two separate, separate channels. They inform each other, but they have their own support team. So don't worry about that there. Um symbiotic and so they're like oh okay great can you help us with the house so yeah no i think it the same thing and i know i've said this word a ton they trust us then and whichever one comes next is easier than the first so if we have a house and that turns into oh my daughter's getting married there's a that we've already moved past the getting to know you part and it's so much easier and vice versa so yeah, no, it, it's great. And then if they, and then they give their names to the sister, and then we're doing the sister's house or whatever. It just it. There's a lot more houses than there are weddings. <laughs> yes, well, and weddings always have a finite date, but I feel like a home is never really finished. There's no, always wedding. a new project, whether it's mm-hmm. an addition or renovating a guest cottage or just changing something around. So I mean, really, there's opportunity almost indefinitely to continue that relationship. Yeah. And we're fortunate. Some of our clients, I mean, we don't all do fancy, schmancy estates, but a lot of our clients have a second home. And then they're like, will you do my house in the desert? Will you do this? So no, there is a lot more um, opportunity for longevity with a client in the wedding. Because once you've gone through the family, you know, two sisters, Maybe, you know, there, there's not a lot other than legacy birthday parties and things that you're going to be doing. And I feel like um, in the wedding industry, clients are very protective of their event. Like they want to refer you, but then they also want to just them to have had you. So it's a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, no, we're happy from a business standpoint. It makes a lot of sense for us to have both. One yeah. has... Um, more sustainability as a long term. And also you can do interiors without traveling quite as much, even though none of our houses are here either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I know you had mentioned too, that really doing both just keeps you very much on the forefront of trends. And I mean, especially seeing the world of interiors and how that inevitably influences weddings and events. And I mean, I think that you guys, Barbie, are really known for keeping your finger on the pulse of what's new, what's now, what's next in the world of events and in the world of design. So I'm curious, do you see any trends in the destination wedding industry? I do. I think that people are going to be much more interested 
and multiple experiential elements. So, and not as formulaic a situation. So not like we had a, they're not doing this for other reasons, but at one point they're like, why do we have to do our wedding on the third day? Why can't we do it the first day? And then everyone relaxes and enjoys and we have all these other events. Like, why not? And and we've had multiple things like that recently where I'm like, okay, people are wanting to really the weddings to not be out of a etiquette book and be, and we always say the best etiquette book is good manners and treating your people well. Everything else, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. doesn't matter. But as long as you're being kind. But so we're seeing people switching switching up those rules or just throwing all the rules out, which we're big, big fans of, um, and doing it their own way. And less about just standard wedding stuff, you know, and, and, you know, not, oh, uh, a, you know, cocktail party, a wedding, a late night, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to do a late night, but it's going to be the day after the wedding or the, you know, two days after the Cinda. I don't know. They're just mixing everything all up. And I love that. And they're doing things like, oh, we want to have a, um, my friend Marcy did, just did one. And the cocktail party had a putt-putt course on it, I think it was. And I was like, that's so, so fun. fun. Like, so fun. And it was really reflective of her cup. So people are doing more things like that. I mean, they'll always be the client that wants the big ballroom wedding and that. And those are beautiful. But I think we're seeing, especially in the destination, a willingness to make it a full experience from when they get there to the end and it not to be all related to what we see as normal wedding things, if you will. Yes, I love that. And I think, I mean, doing that really takes the pressure off the couple too. I mean, in the kind of traditional wedding flow where you basically are just planning for six months, a year, however long the timeline mm-hmm. is, right. for this almost three-hour window from ceremony to first dances. And it can just make the whole event, I think, go by in the blink of an eye. It can exactly. really change the experience. So I feel like when you're having, like you said, a multi-day destination event like that, it just takes the pressure off. It really does. It takes pressure off of everything. Like the client doesn't feel like, because sometimes you do the multi-day events and everything's leading up to that wedding. The bride and groom don't ever relax because they know the big moment is coming when they're actually going to get married. And so sometimes they want to load that a little earlier in to the event weekend so that they can relax and enjoy and do that. And and we always are respectful and want to know that the event is for them to get married and for their friends and family closest to them to witness their commitment to each other. So we don't want that to lose sight, lose sight of that in the whole planning process, but it doesn't have to be at the three quarter, at the, you know, three quarter mark, it can be in the first quarter, it can be in the second quarter. So we're seeing that and then really giving their guests a travel experience, you know, with tours and all sorts of fun stuff. But we're always careful not to get what we call guest exhaustion. You don't want to wear them out. (laughs) Some of the events I'm like, oh my God, these people are going to be dead. We need to give them something else. We need to give them some downtime here. And also your guests are spending a ton of money coming to these events. Absolutely. Yeah. Spending a lot of money, taking time off. Yeah. Investing in wardrobe, everything, childcare. Yes, exactly. So you want to be respectful of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And And Barbie, I know in addition to events and design, you are also working on some really interesting brand partnerships. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, it's, um, we have a great team here at um, Linden Lane, and there's always somebody pushing a new idea. Um, and our brand manager is great. But we um, are in a brand relationship with an amazing jewelry company called Oscar Mason, Mason out of France. And um, organically, that came to us through one of our team members going to a launch party 
and meeting them and falling in love with the fact that he was from Cartier and Harry Winston and the designer was Sandrine was from these same places and their ethos about the sustainability of their products and the heritage element really was very similar to our business ethos. And we loved them and they were so kind to say, yeah, no, we'd love to do a brand partnership with you. And it's, you know, our, we can provide those uh, beautiful jewelry pieces to our brides for the events. They can, you know, we have special pricing for our friends and anybody out there that wants to partake. So it's lovely, but it's just a really beautiful way to have two companies that have the same objectives, both and client base and what they want to put out in the world is really fun. And so it's been a great, we got to go to Paris in January and wear all the jewelry. I felt like Cinderella at the end of the trip, taking it off. <laughs> I was like, I really like this. Um, but we had such a fun time and we saw where they made the jewelry and went to their showrooms and it was, it was incredible. They're a great, great company. Um, wow. We're really proud to be partners with them. I love that. That is so amazing that you are just continually looking forward, looking at how Linden Lane can evolve and change throughout the years as you and your team evolve and change. And I think that's so inspiring. Thank you. We're always trying to look for something we think missing or that we keep getting asked for. Our, um, the edit, our style edit that we launched a few months ago. Um, with shoppable links to all the different looks and things really came out of constantly people asking. And, and all of our brides use amazing stylists, um, which is so amazing. So great. We love it. <laughs> but <laughs> they um, also wanted it for like, oh, but we're doing this weekend or we want this or my friends want to know. And you know, so we we're constantly just sending them things. And plus, if you ever saw our DMs and Insta chats uh, between our team, they're filled with work stuff. And then like, oh, did you see these new shoes? Oh, what about this? What? And so we're like, let's make a place. And people, we were like, we don't know whether or not that will resonate with anyone. But people love it. I'm shocked. Like at the people, they're just like, this is amazing. Like, oh, I bought some shoes from your, I'm like, shoes from but um, no, it's fun. It's fun to think of new ways that present our style and our way of doing business and our wow, how we look at the world. I mean, we're constantly, like I said, we're the people that are like, oh, what are those? we're early adopter, adopters. Yes. I mean, if there's technology or new thing on them, we're always checking it out. Well, it's I just, think that, yeah. I mean- Personally, I love the edit. And there oh, I have definitely shopped it before. So when, <laughs> <Yay>. you, <laughs> when you Thank launched you. it, I was so yeah, absolutely. I was personally very excited. But also, I mean, what a great resource if there are couples listening who maybe aren't investing in a full styling experience where you're able to almost shop these looks that you have these incredible designers curating for you. Yes. No, it really is. And that's something that's really important to us too. We recognize that everyone isn't spending a million dollars or 750,000 or whatever that number is for a million, whatever for the weddings, but they still have and have incredible taste and should have access and to some of those things. So as much as we love the space we're in, we also love all market spaces. And so we're like, oh, how could we provide service to that market that maybe not coming through the normal channels through our doors? Yeah. So it, it's fun to be able to provide that. And it's really fun. It's like shopping for us, but we don't actually end up with a bill. So <laughs> Really nice. Nothing better than shopping with someone yeah, else's I know, money. I know. It's just, you know, like sometimes you just put it in your cart and it makes you feel good, even if you don't push that. So it's a little bit like that for us, but it's really fun curating. Um, our team does a great job with the personalities and figuring out what the Annie would wear and what so-and-so would wear and, and seeing ourselves, all of us see ourselves and the different people. So it's fun. Uh, I love that. Barbie, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiring vision and sharing your story. And thank you for joining us here on The Wedding Destination. 
Oh, well, thank you so much for having us. And hopefully next time, maybe Lane and Lindsay will be uh, not immersed into work up to their eyeballs and can join us. But it was really fun. I really appreciate it. That would be amazing. I look forward to it. And thank you again. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Wedding Destination Podcast. I'm Molly Carr, and you can follow me on Instagram at Molly Carr Photography and the podcast at Wedding Destination Podcast. We hope you will leave us a five-star review on iTunes and join us next week for a new episode. We'll talk to you soon.